Yo, 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 what's good? It's your girl, Drea G. It's your girl, Tasha, also known as the Black Rogue. And we are the Grits. And we're back. Yes. Hey, how we feeling? Feeling good, child. Feeling good. Feeling good, feeling great. Drinking a little, you know, Prosecco, a little bubbly on this fine Sunday. Facts. It's nice to be back. It feels good to be back. What side of the world are we on right now? We're in the same place. We're in New York. Checking in live, full effect from the city that never sleeps. Uh, shout out to our fellow grits uh, in various places, whether it's ATL, whether it's Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, the ones that are here uh, that are from the South. So shout out to everybody. And uh, thank you for Circling back in with us. It's been a minute. It definitely has. What you been up to lately? Man, so much. But before we even get into crazy work week, you know, I, I'm in a new industry now since the last time we talked. So I'll uh, update our listeners that want to know, you know, what we've been up to. I'm more so interested to hear about what kind of crazy shenanigans you've been into of lately. Child, I ain't doing that. Like, I've been trying to uh, get my outfits together to see my cousin Beyonce, Beyonce. and see my god baby Blue Ivy because she been she been doing a little choreography, y'all. A lot of people been hating on my little baby. She been killing it. She you been know? killing it. She do it better than me. Shit. Honey, she been on tour all summer. She a, she a pro now. So, you know, shout out to our country cousins. And I know that that's going to be a vibe. Right. I also uh, just got back from D.C. Wine Fest in Maryland. You know, I really don't want to tell everybody all my business about this shit because it's my like little secret gym. I go every single year and it was popping. I saw your stories. It looked popping. And you know what? I haven't spent enough time in the DMV area, but I hear that's where it's at. They country. They country, girl. It's the South. I don't care what nobody says, but we can talk about that you in know, another we- episode. We be having a debate about who actually falls below the Mason-Dixon line. And I'm guessing the DMV or Maryland is one of those areas. That's Virginia, all of them. They country. Precariously close. Okay. So they, they are country cousins too. So mm-hmm. shout out to, to, to the whole of they DMV. The, they the bougie country cousins. Okay. So Wine Fest was a vibe. Yeah. What we, about you? You know what? I am contemplating and reflective about uh, the state of global warming. (laughs) The summer is in full swing, but summer has been hit and miss thus far. It's just far as weather, the vibe. It was rainy for a good part of it. We had smoke coming from Nova Scotia. We never saw the fires, Mm. but you know, I'm making it. And we're about 90 days exactly from Scorpio season. I know it's Leo season right now. (laughs) So shout out to Leo gang. This is kind of marks the time for me, 90 days kind of leading up to it. So I just want to go into it like clear minded. I'm challenging myself to get into the best shape of my life on the road to 30 great. Um, I know that's right. So, you know, I'm just trying to be a fountain of youth. But uh, that's that's kind of what it is. And I don't know. You did a cruise back in June, right? Oh, it was ghetto, girl. It was it was ghetto. And I had a good time, though, because I can assimilate to whatever I meant. But it was a little ratchet. You know, I recently did a cruise and it was it was great for family for fun. 
family vibes. But I'm gonna say it was a it was a little ratchet too. Why? I didn't know this was a four day cruise that I was on four nights in five days because we docked on the fifth day. Oh, Anywho, fine. for it to be such a short cruise out of the Gulf of Mexico out of Houston, Galveston, they was getting into it. I didn't know that the ship had a, a holding cell for people that got rowdy. Uh, I got apprehended on my last night on the ship. What? I went to the to the club. You know, I was just catching my vibe by myself. <laughs> And a gentleman started talking to me. Next thing you know, the girl that I guess him and his lady broke up on the, the cruise. She was like, did you know that he came here with someone? Anywho. Oh, I, Lord. That was about to beat you up, girl. Come to find out, he was buying everybody drinks on their room passes. So Wait. I- he yeah. was buying drinks on other on the girl, him and the girls' room passes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> the gall. He did his ass beat, child. <laughs> the mm-hmm. unmitigated gall of this nigga. I would have got my free drink though. Thank you, sir. Thank you and your Hold your up. girlfriend. Hold up. I had turned. I had declined the drink at first, and then we started chatting. He was like, "Oh, what do you do?" So I was like, "Perfect. <laughs> Let me segue." And as soon as I was about to take him up on the offer for the drink, he did hit me with some bullshit. He was like, oh, see, I don't have the card. If you have your card, I'll give you the money. Whoa. Yeah, so cruise life was kind of, it was a little bit ratchet. Again, I didn't know that they had boat jail. I found out that it was full, but I did have a lovely time bonding with my family. That's beautiful, girl. And that's, that's what cruises are for. Ooh. Not for trying to get, to get caught creeping below on deck seven. When you're on deck 11. Oh, Lord. I'm just I saying. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't have all of that. I had a lot of stairs, but I'd be half naked on my cruises. So. I was too, girl, but my my daddy and my uncles and my cousins, so. Oh, I can't be half naked <laughs> in front of family now because they, mm-mm, I can't do I all that. I had to keep it pious. <laughs> had to keep it, you know, a little pious, but all good. The cruise ship experience was definitely something to remember. My cruise, I felt like it was about to break down because I was on like, um, I don't want to put the people on blast like that. You could put them. But on I'm gonna put a blast, Margaritaville, y'all. I'm be real. So uh, if anybody see uh, a Margaritaville cruise, it's the Spirit Airlines of the sea. That's all I got to say. Carnival wasn't that far from behind it. What? Uh, after they were getting into fights, uh, four days on the ship. I mean, that would have entertained me though. Like we had no fights. It, it shit just was looking raggedy on our, on our boat. What do you say? <laughs> Moving right along. All right. So, you know, this brings us to our segment. I'm sure you guys have missed us. This is where we do our pour up, where we toast it up and uh we give a shout out to some relevant things in pop culture, music, just worldwide news. And we also do a bless your heart, you know, to the simple folks or not even simple where, you know, common sense may not be so common. And uh, we got to blast them a little bit for some janky behavior. Facts. So who are we kicking it off with? So we're going to pour it up to the Book of Hope exhibit um, at the Brooklyn Library. So dope. I haven't got to see it yet. Me either, child. Looks It looks dope. But we're going to see it probably this weekend, hopefully. You walked by it, though. Yeah, I did. I walked by it. I didn't know what was going on. 
And I saw all the lyrics on the outside. Public library. Lyrics. um, They got a big screen with him and different projections that they have of his albums and all that stuff. So I definitely want to check it out. Right. It's a whole immersive experience. And what's cool about it is it's free. And it's supposed to be in celebration of the 50th year of hip hop. So this is one of the first initiatives throughout the city that's rolling out. So really cool. And to do it, you know, in, in Hove's hometown, Brooklyn, it's a whole immersive type of environment. It's free. It's going to be uh, at the Brooklyn Public Library for the next six weeks. Yeah. And there's a way that you can even get a special library card. Yes. A collector's item showing you uh, there are about 13 different styles of basically Jay-Z album covers. That's so dope, man. Yeah, and I also feel like it's a good way to promote libraries. I feel like with this current age of Mm. everything being so digital, people stop utilizing the resources that libraries have. They have so many resources. Like back in the day, I know when I was young, I would go to the library and they're like the main people that can, show you like different job openings Mm -hmm. and like even the books like we don't really utilize libraries anymore we don't i i remember the last time i went it was to go get all those free covid tests (laughs) but but you're right and there are a lot of things that we miss out on because we're not using these old systems anymore right but y'all go visit the brooklyn library while the exhibit is running this summer for sure all righty so number two Number two, I am big upping uh, the Barbie movie that opened this weekend. It looked like it had a couple of different stars in it. Ryan Gosling, obviously Issa Rae. I actually heard beyond their dope ass marketing ploy and promo for the film. I mean, they've got they've got a a Barbie cafe. Dope. Yes. In New York and Chicago. So if you're in New York and you're visiting, they're going to have it through September, I want to say. And it's down at the seaport, uh, which is in the financial district. So if you want to get, you know, jazzy, dressed up with your girls, go down there and take photos. But I want to say they're already at 200 million for opening weekend. So really dope. dope. I walked past there a couple of weeks ago and it was so cute. People had their little girls dressed up as little Barbies. Like, and then people were going by themselves dressed up as diva Barbies. And you know, black people look good in the color pink now. Right. We make it pop, honey. We keep it pee. But I heard it was actually a really good film though. I wasn't too keen about going to see it, but people actually said, I want to say it's got like, 94% 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow, that's dope. Because I thought it was going to be trash. I'll be real. I, I thought, thought so, too. I'm like, what are they going to talk about? <laughs> right. But no, but no, I hear it's it's got a message, too. So it's for us. It's for us from back in the day. It's for our generation. That's what I heard. <laughs> so shout out to Barbie. So I may go check it out because I heard of the good reviews. Right. So bet. What else? So um, the layout block party. So if you're in New York City for our number three of the layout, I haven't been to a a single event, but Drea G has told me about the layout events being dope. So they have a block party coming up August 5th and August 6th. August 5th is going to be in Brooklyn. 
August 6th is going to be in Queens. I forgot when the Bronx is going to have one, but they're also going to have one. They're going to so show you, some love to the Bronx too. So yeah. you can also go visit on Instagram, go check out the layouts page and know wherever location you are, whichever block party. But I know Brooklyn about to be lit. Right. And that's, that's in my hood. So that's in, uh, that's in Biggie's hood. It's just, and the layout is always a good vibe. Like you said, it's, you know, a place for just beautiful black diversity as Tasha always, you know, we are always talking and we're talking about black people are not monolithic, black women, black men. And you just see so many degrees of beauty and just recall, you know, what you love about summer and what you love about Brooklyn, um, all, right. all the black people out. And so the last one that they had was on Juneteenth. So definitely if you're visiting the city, August, you know, 5th, that weekend, pull up, fall through and check them out on Instagram. And so number four, I'm going to actually shout out to Tompkins Sunday block party. Another vibe. If you're in Brooklyn, you're visiting Brooklyn, you're new to Brooklyn. Uh, either way, it's just a great time for family and community. If you got kids, you know, take them out there. If you don't have kids, if it's just you, it's just lively and it's, it's festive and it's a way to support businesses of color in our community and just, you know, go out there and fellowship with each other. Tasha, you vendor out there a lot and you'll be yeah. out there coming soon, like next right. weekend. Yeah, next weekend. And then after that, another two more weekends. But yeah, it's very dope. It's a great experience. Tons of beautiful black vendors with a lot of dope stuff. So yeah, check that out. And speaking of uh, black vendors and black ownership, so our number five, I just wanted to give a shout out to the AKAs. So they're mm. the first black owned woman led credit union. And that's amazing to me. That's so dope. Especially in, you know, our day and age and how we feel like, well, I feel like we need to support black owned business. Um, Malcolm X always preached about black economic and political power. And he also said that it's important for us to educate our people in terms of what is important to how to spend our money. Mm -hmm. He was, he also preached and said that the white man, they're becoming richer and richer in our community and we're becoming poorer and poorer. So it's very important to invest within our community. So shout out to the AKs for that. Awesome. Pouring up to all of those uh, dope things happening and taking place around the world and in the city right now. And then on the, on the flip side of that, you, you know, we gotta, we gotta bless some folks hearts because you know, you can't have the good without the bad and uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> right. And, and equally to be this, to be said the same for this. Um, so who are we blessing the hearts of this week? And, and, you know, when we from the South, you know, and so when we say bless your heart, you know, somebody may be a little bit slow. Maybe their cornbread is not all the way cooked in the middle, as some would say. The buttermilk ain't clean, child. Something in the buttermilk. But uh, this week, we got a couple of uh, uh, uh people that we're going to bring to the pool pit. Okay? So, uh, of course, we got to start it off with our girl. You know, we were all praying for her safe return, only to find out she was playing in our face. We was praying for her return, but she was playing in our face. Carly Russell, come to come to the front of the church. Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord. Yes, come come in front of the congregation, sis. 
What what I, was going on? I'm gonna give her too much, you know, bless your heart. Because Not too I, much. For me, because you know, when she was lying and saying that she was kidnapped. At least she lied and said it was a white man and not a black man. So I ain't gonna give her like, you know, too much. Why was her child walking on the side of the the, the expressway? It's so many questions. I mean, she tried, child. She didn't come like she black tried people, it. <laughs> black people are we just not good at like committing a lot of these crimes, like in terms of these big level crimes. We're not good. Look at the uh the New York shooter, the man on the train station that was trying. Girl, he, he gave to... himself up. He 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 turned himself in on a tip. All a his tip shit line. done dropped. All his shit done dropped. He didn't know how to shoot properly. Like he didn't know how to do. We're not good at that shit. So I I just knew that you know Carly. I just always felt like something wasn't right about this story. I just felt like and something it wasn't. Right. Some definitely wasn't clean in the milk. And mm. I'm just come on, sis. Like. All these damn, uh, we live in a digital age. Sis, you got to delete your cookies. She got to be smart. She should have been smart about this All shit. this forensic technology, like, you got to delete your cookies. You got to be smarter than the average bear not to have taken two in your search box or <laughs> how to steal money out of a register without getting caught. Oh, look, she should have used somebody. She should have went to the library. We was talking about the library being important. She should have went to the library. But to, but to be fair, everybody, this reminds me of just where we are in this digital age. Y'all be telling Alexa to do all this shit, Siri to do all this shit. All they doing is just clocking you, knowing mm. all your habits, like storing all your data in a cloud. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So got to be smarter. Come on. So. You know, not too much on Carly, but you know, gonna give her a stern talking to, Lord, and we're I'm gonna a, we're gonna get her with a mentor. Yeah, she's a mentor. We gonna we gonna I'm gonna pray for her so she don't be lying like that. I forgive her. I That's forgive problematic. Her. All right, okay. So we I forgive her, but this next one I don't I don't forgive them, mm. and I don't even know why he fixing his chip tooth. To even speak on it, actually, he fixes shit too. Okay, but Fab, you know, I used to oh, love. Uh, me. What a Fab would do. I now? used, I used to love me some Fab. Um, and you know, during this time, I want to say probably the last shows and past, I probably gave him a lot of grace. Mm. You know, but I'm not giving him no grace no more. He blocked me since we've been gone. So Fabulous. I'm just, <laughs> you know, Fabulous like that? No, <laughs> I don't. But he blocked me on Instagram. You crazy. Okay, whatever. So what Fab is in hot water for right now while his ass is coming down to the front of the congregation is because it's here it is, the 50th anniversary of hip hop. And I'm so tired of men feeling like they got to be a part of this conversation and add their funky little two cents where it really doesn't need to be applied. Okay, so Fab on his stories about a week ago, he commented, he says, love hearing of female rappers. First of all, his grammar ain't even good. Let's start there, Fab. You're 40 plus. Oh, Lord. Not Any- the shade. <laughs> Anywho, it says, love hearing female rappers talking some real shit. Women are so strong, have so many stories and perspectives that we need to hear in pure form. No disrespect to any female rappers out but I think there's only one style of female hip hop being programmed, being promoted, programmed, and looked at as successful now. Do you agree mm. with that? 
That's a lie, child. That's a lie. And I think that that's an easy cop-out-ass way. And my thing is, first of all, we didn't ask the thoughts of an abuser. We didn't forget that two years ago, you went upside Emily's head, and we just haven't respected you for, for it since. Address that. But secondly, it's too many examples of women right now. Doja Cat, uh, Lola Brooks, Tierra Wack, Rhapsody, Flo Millie, Lakia, Lotto. It, 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 first of all, Nikki, that's my bitch. Right. We like it's so young Ma, Dej Loaf, Coyle Ray. Like, we gotta stop feeding into this hype that even our women rappers are monolithic when they're not. Mm. And you talking about, you know, uh hearing our stories. But you don't mind co-signing getting and hopping on a song with Parisha and JT talking about acting bad. Well, you're not promoting nothing either. And a lot of, and then even the other nigga that he was with, what's his name? Casanova. Mm. That nigga that went to jail and he yeah. was just talking about crime and shit. It's like we could say the same shit. We could be like, well, male rappers, all they do is talk about crime and sex and drugs. That's but... all y'all talk about. And 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 having a drip, having the, the flyers drip and being the biggest peas. Like, y'all not talking about shit either. So... I think he's probably just tired of a woman talking about their vaginas now. He's probably just not used to it because, I mean, he should have been used to it. But why not? Talk about he, that shit. he could talk about bagging shorties. He could talk about all this type of stuff and getting with the flyest bitches, but a woman can't own her own sexuality, please. That's right. You, I feel you. Please. All you right, mad, so. girl. He gonna, we should send this to him, child. Nah, because I, I don't appreciate him fixing his mouth to say that shit. I'm done. Okay. All right. So <laughs> the last, <laughs> the last uh, bless your heart I wanted to give, because we've been gone for a, a while. Mm -hmm. So while we've been gone, we've been hearing all these podcasters, these new mm -hmm. podcasters, and I call them relationship podcast you new school folks before when we first started in 2018 we talked about relationships but that wasn't solely what we talked about nowadays i feel like that's all these people talk about it's like they have no other sense of intelligence to think about other topics i'm tired of hearing about you know, broke man and man not man not paying the bills or woman being masculine. I'm tired of these debates. Can these people talk about anything else? I feel like it's all about clout chasing at this point. They know that people like want love and, and people have issues in relationships. So they feel like, okay, let's talk about this shit all the time, but we get a lot of views. That's it's annoying. A, yeah, that's like them relationship experts, girl. Uh that what what was the dude that was uh Making Derek a mockery, <laughs> yes, making a mockery of his wife. That was the other little dude too, Rob Hill. That was years ago. We used to see him. So all that type of stuff is trendy because they know people like those affirmations or you know. But I, I, so yeah, we gonna bless our heart to all of that. But you know what? I want to give light to us before we even jump into anything. Like how you said people are coming into it now on this type of level. And I just remember that when we came into this in 2018, when we originally came to the table, our purpose was bigger than that. It was really just to share our perspectives as girls raised in the South, uh, living and, and growing up 
and maturing and spending our adulthood here in the city and just all the different things that came with it, the challenges, the You're wins, right. the the ups, the downs of it. It takes grit. It takes, you got to have a certain type of moxie. So that was important for us to even, why we wanted to have this conversation because we wanted to be able to impart wisdom and, and people, give people a real perspective Facts. on what it's like as single women of color trying to thrive in this city. You know what I'm saying? That we're not from. And it, it takes guts. It takes grit and uh, courage. So we just want to impart that to our listeners. So for sure. Right. Yeah. And I just feel like these podcasters, they just created more separation by this dumb shit. And a lot of shit be all fake, fake. It's not true, but you know what? It is what it is. I can't do Shout out to it. the real ones like us. That's, that's, that's what makes me, you know, that's how I look at it. It makes me appreciate us and voices like ours even more because we got something to actually add to the conversation. Yeah. So, you know, this is going to bring us to our Southern sound off. And a lot of you people out there um, have been hitting us up in our DMs, yeah. been messaging us about, you know, when are y'all going to come back with the podcast? I feel so loved. So, you we're know, back, baby. We're back. So this Southern sound off topic is welcome back. Where have we been? And what have we been doing and why haven't we been recording? Well, that that's, that's a lot. Um, and we'll kind of just go back and forth because nobody just wants to hear what I've been going through in my bulletin. So we're going to edit. They, they don't want to know what I've been girl. People miss me. You know, I'm a little bit more incognito. I'm, I'm the one people, I don't, people don't be checking for me like that. I don't know. You don't think so? Well, no, that's what you feel like it. I know the fans out there. <laughs> I well, you know, I know they've been looking, they've been asking, you know. I so I I, I feel the love. We've been gone for a little minute. Why haven't we recorded? Well, life, you know, we just been living life, uh, growing through our own mm -hmm. experiences, pushing through shit. It's it's a lot, you know. <laughs> Sometimes Hold it. COVID, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, 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 what is it, a global pandemic? Not to mention, I don't know if we're in a recession right now. I don't even know if it's, it, I feel like it is the cost of goods. I don't feel like it's like impacted fully, but everything has gone up, like the cost of goods, everything. Like, so, so the housing market hasn't crashed yet. I'm waiting for that shit to crash. So I could buy some shit. But. Right. But it's been so much stuff happening. And I just know that at the time where we weren't recording, we were taking a break, kind of having to pause, reset and live our lives. And kind of we've had so much going on individually as well as, you know, just collectively uh, as a nation, as a world. So just needed to kind of pause and reset. But what happened to us during COVID? Well, y'all were inside of our apartments with us because we were watching Versus and hosting our uh, weekly Wednesday cocktail uh, live. I kept my apartment. I continue to live here in New York City during the pandemic, majority-wise. Mm -hmm. I probably, they, they shut us down in March of 2020, all right? And I feel like I didn't really travel home to Texas until like July. Mm. So 
Right. So I was cooped up in, inside. I kept my apartment here and I lived by coastally pretty much. I had the apartment and then probably in July I was home and I was getting to enjoy stuff in Texas because Texas, we was kind of free reign down there. Yeah, it was, was like, lit. we don't want to wear our mask. <laughs> like we shouldn't be forced to <laughs> like they wasn't on that shit. So when July came, it was summer for us. Uh, we got access to pools. I'm sunning and shit. I'm with my family. You know what I'm saying? I'm able to work remotely. Life was good to a degree because it became all about family life. It definitely was definitely family life. Definitely for me too. Um, because during COVID, I actually had a roommate out here in New York and my roommate almost damn died, y'all. It was, I got it all on video. It was a hot mess, y'all. I had to almost fight the paramedics. They wasn't trying to save his life. It was oh, just no. so much going. It was, this man, it was just a lot, okay? But he survived thanks to a black woman. I just want to let these mm. people know. They was trying to kill the black man, but he survived because of me. Um, So I moved back to Texas. I was in Texas for like two years with my family. You legit I, were like in Texas for child, a minute. I had like, I had PTSD from damn COVID. Like it made me realize how important family is. Like, and that's why I feel like I stayed in Texas so long because like I wanted to be close to my parents because I saw so many, I heard of so many deaths in yeah. New York. I witnessed some crazy traumatic stuff. That's why I wanted to be close. And you know, a lot of great things happened too. Like I was able to pay off my debt. Dope. <laughs> Like, because literally. and you know what i'm gonna tell you that alone that's so dope because now that's it makes me wish that i w almost would have reset being here and and move myself out of state your work allowed you to be able to to really be like all right i i just didn't want to and my setup i wanted to keep it the way it was but that's super dope able to pay off your debt and obviously, you know, spend time with the family, which is, you know, during these times, it makes you really appreciate it. And especially for us, you know, you've been able to take that time at home for two years. When the world is shut down and you can't do anything, that's kind of really all that matters. Are there people around you? I actually, one of the reasons why I had to kind of halt with it is because I also started, I took a, a catastrophe job where I pretty much I traveled for it. Before, I don't know if I share with you guys, but I worked as a property adjuster. And so I adjusted claims for people's homes, things like that, you know, assess damage and pretty much help put people back to whole. But what I did during that time was I could travel and make pretty good money. You know, you, you, you work a lot, uh, but during that time, I kind of took on some first catastrophe gigs. So if you are in the adjusting world and you are good with home construction, under, understand that's a very like profitable industry when it comes to like uh, hurricane season. So I was doing that. Uh, and then after that, traveling was a big thing. It was like before COVID, I really hadn't traveled enough. And even now, I'm still kind of doing that. But, you know, having that that reality check, like, damn, like, this is so short. It's so fleeting. And I would hate to not 
get to experience some of the things that I want to. So after COVID, as soon as we could really start traveling again, went to a couple of different places. I know I I have thoughts on on how I feel about DR now. But what happened? Well, DR was lovely. It was it was beautiful. Now, don't drink the water. Oh, uh, don't don't drink tap water nowhere. Only drink bottled water anywhere you go. <laughs> but no, DR was lovely. You know, it's an impoverished island. And then, you know, I can't help but to think about what they got going on with their distant relatives on the other side of the island. You know, in Haiti, got to check out, travel to Costa Rica, lovely, Aruba, Belize, uh, Central America, so beautiful, just rich in history. And so you didn't have no incidents in any of these places, girl, <laughs> I always do. So look, now I'm a long way from when I told y'all when we first started about my solo trip to Mexico and how I almost got my kidneys uh, sold on the black market. And I'm just thankful I ain't, I ain't wake up in a tub of ice. But no, no, <laughs> no incidents. Just other than, let me see. Aruba was wild. Aruba was fun. Um, went with a friend that invited us after the fact. They got a really dope house there. So that was like a black. So, yes, I do recommend Aruba because that was definitely lit. Uh, my friend invited us, me and my other girl, and uh, they rented a house. They did it big. Super dope. Um, but Belize, Belize has a piece of my heart. Um, Central America, um, just learning about, uh, first of all, the beauty uh the 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 culture uh the richness of history um they talk about how these west indian people these communities they're basically formed from um arawak type of native americans indians mm -hmm. uh black people uh people from the trade um it was just it was just very interesting to go there to experience the culture. I was there for a week, so that was dope. And so well, my travels, I know that you travel as well. Girl, I was living my best life, y'all, in Africa. Oh. So um, where did my, you go? I went to Ghana. It was a beautiful experience because, you know, I've been talking about this for years. Every year I'm like, I want to go to Africa. I just like, I didn't care about going to no other country. I just wanted to go to the motherland and no other continents, but we wanted to go to the motherland because we know it's rich in culture and they got so many countries that you can visit. Right. Ghana was popping like Ghana. I went during um, the December New Year's and that's when mm. everybody named Mama go from all over the world. And I went to see the slave trade, um, all of that stuff. It was, it was very, uh, you know, a cultural experience, very sad and, and devastating to see our history. But it was also like all the stereotypes that black um, Americans have of Africa because we never visited. Mm. It's all lies. 
Right. They think that, you know, it's all about, oh, 50 cents a day and feed America or feed Somalia. You're like, no, no. It's, it is a third world country, Ghana. Like where I visited, it is a third world country. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like beautiful. It's such a beautiful country. And it also like I work in advertising. So as soon as I landed, I saw all the black ads like in America, mm. you know, America, we're a country whitewashed whitewash full of colorism all types of issues that we have when we look at you know ads and stuff like that when you go to africa well well i haven't been everywhere in africa but when you go to ghana you see black people chocolate black people black people that i see that look like myself on billboards all over and it was just like a oh my god moment for me i also was booed up child mm. You I met, met an this, African king? Yes, I met this tall six seven king. We called him Baby LeBron Child. Are you betrothed? No. So I think, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, me and him mm -hmm. stopped talking. We got into it because I think he got a wife. I don't know if that's true. And that happens. Yeah, I was, child, I was like, my homegirl was like, girl, just go on 90 Day Fiance because she got, she was supposed to be on 90 Day Fiance. So she's like, girl, go on 90 Day Fiance. You'll figure it out, child. I don't know, like me and him, I don't know, you know, my homeboy was telling me, he was like, Tasha, you can't even keep a man in America. What can you, like, you think you really going to be able to keep a man overseas? Right. You're going to have to keep eyes on his ass overseas and in America. We was boo, we was holding hands and shit everywhere. That man had me outside, like, the whole time in Africa. I was living my best life. But I don't know, like. Well, I'm going to say, I don't know if it's that their M.O., but uh, when we when we talked years ago uh, in a previous episode, you know, I probably told y'all a little bit about I probably did <laughs> uh, my African king. <laughs> but uh, I found out my my uh, king. Well, he wasn't being as uh, loyal as <laughs> fourth and forthcoming mm. as necessary. So you talking about. Your king parading you through the streets of Ghana. Well, shit. I say they they don't really feel shame. <laughs> um, I found out my African prince, his ass uh was pretty much married. Uh what a a child, a young child. So But you found this out during COVID while we've been away from the podcast? Yeah, I actually did. Oh, see, see, mm -mm. yeah, yeah was, missed out on was, un thing. was uncovering some truths. Um, yeah, you know, and I, yeah, it, it was a lot, but I'm going to say that with this person, we had a situation, uh, we were on and off. And then when we were off, he just got it on with somebody else. Wait, so he got married mm -hmm. while y'all was off. Yeah. And and and, and had he hid it from you. Yeah. Oh, that and, sound like my ex child. He wasn't married, but uh, yeah. Oh, yes, oh. I remember. Mm. See, this this person was Nigerian, and my, your person was he was Nigerian Jamaican child. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> a, I had a double this, whammy. So y'all story time. Tasha story time. So I had this ex that me and him been off and on for years since I first moved to New York. I met him in 2010. If he Jamaican, it's a red flag. That man was a blessed black man, though. Yeah. Know, they red flags, red flags all over him. So when I first met this man, he had a kid. 
And, you know, I was okay with it. You know, I was young and I was okay. Um, And then I just, it was always some type of drama with the baby mama. It was always drama. She was always jealous of, you know, our situation and all this stuff. It was always something. So I stopped talking to him right before COVID. So during COVID, he came to me and he was just like, I'm a changed man. I'm this and that, you know, I want to be with you, all this stuff. And I'm, I'm dumb y'all because I'm like, okay, maybe he did change because, you know, COVID changed my ass, mm. you know? So I'm like, okay, you know, maybe he's a different man. So me and him dating during, I will fly back from Houston to New York. We'll go on dates. And I wasn't just, not just for him, but to check on my apartment at the time that I still had in New York. And the Lord, y'all, when I tell y'all, he woke me up in the middle of the night Mm. and God said, go to his Facebook. And I'm not lying about this. I ain't lying on God, y'all. So I go to his, this boy hasn't been on Facebook in like years. Mm. Like probably since Facebook first started, men have been on Facebook, child. But the first person I see on his friends list is his baby mama. Yeah, niggas that don't have social media, I really don't know how to feel about them, but go ahead. So I go see his baby mama and then what is the first picture? Her page is a little private, but she has pictures that are public. Mm. And the first picture I see is her pregnant mm. with his baby and he's in the picture. So I tell this man, I was like, so you wasn't going to oh, tell Oh, it's a gender reveal? Yes. I'm like, so you wasn't going to tell me that you got this, you, you, you got your baby mama pregnant? Like I thought y'all was. I can explain. So he like, I was waiting for the right time. When, when, when the baby 18? Like, what was you going to tell me, child? Because at this point, the baby was already born at this point. Mm -hmm. So he hid a whole pregnancy from me. Me too. And hid the fact that the baby was born. Right. Well, when I tell you, this man been calling me till this day on different phone numbers, trying to get back with me, saying he don't love the girl. I don't have no time. I don't have no time. But that was something crazy that happened to me. Well, my consolation is that uh, my my king asked me to be his second wife. Oh, where where I politely um, politely I politely declined. But you know what? Nigerians are such a vibe. That's 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 my friend for life. At this point, I don't even know, child. I may be a second wife, child. At this point in my <laughs> life, baby, you gotta be the the king of Benin. You gotta be the king of Nigeria, and that's not what it was. So it got to be like Portia nigga. Portia nigga got that bank. I, I don't know what G- Simon Gabodia got, but what I do know is for Andrea <laughs> to be, I, I I needed to be a sultan. And then we could talk about being a part of your, your harem. But anywho, so okay. that was that. So you dated anybody else after that? Or you just took some a long time child. Cause you know, females, we be like, we be like, Oh Lord, let me get myself together. I took some a long time, girl, because we talking about we talking about after COVID and through COVID, what was going on during COVID, through COVID. Um, I, you know, I have been, you know, dating and that that is a whole different experience. And we get we'll we'll get into it. Mm. Okay. I ain't even done, girl, with after, you know, after that situation, you know. So after this whole situation, dude, you know, I had a little bit of a long time and then I started. Uh, you know, I'm putting my business on black a little bit. I started talking to a man from a TV show mm. from, from Ready to Love, y'all. Girl, they got a Ready to Love in Dallas right now. Stay away from them. And this man, I found out that he was hitting babies, child, for me. So I was like, look, what? What's up with he me? He was hiding What's babies? Up? Yes. Yes, he had. Like, I like on. I was looking at 
damn, I'm about to really put this man on blast. I was looking at a show and he said he had a certain amount of kids to me. A girl on the show said, nah, like she heard he had this kids and then he really had this amount of kids. Like he was literally lying, lying to me. So I was just like, child, what is up with these men hiding their kids, hiding their wives, hiding their everything, child? Nobody's safe out of here. Yeah, people be on that, that 007 life. Yeah. But after that, I was like, I just got to give my life to Christ, child. God just have to send me my husband at this point because I don't know what type of energy I'm attracting. I don't know. I don't know, sis. And me neither. But that's why I'm married energy. I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to check on my aura to make sure I'm attracting the right stuff. So I'm not attracting no riff raft, you know, so riff raft, but you know, so much shit happened during COVID and these were some of the things, I mean, we had verses going on at the time we had PPP loans and I'm kind of tight that I didn't take advantage <laughs> of that because I don't know what type of penalties or what type of punishments were even imposed? <laughs> you trying to be a scammer, child? Oh, Lord Jesus. No, nah, it was, I, I have a business. I'm a business oh, owner. Oh, the PP. Oh, okay. I'm a I business know. owner. Okay. I ain't nobody PP loan, child. <laughs> the, student the student loan debt halted. You know, we elected Biden on simple principles and ideologies that he was going to be able to forgive some debt. Well, that's the, the, the least of what his ass has talked about. And his old That's ass the Supreme is, Court problem, though, girl. You know, they're the ones that don't want to give it to us. I, I just know that Biden is about to run for election again. And I don't I don't I don't know how it's going to look. But our, uh, we better I not. They're going to look good the other way. With, uh, if the, the dude from Florida, the governor from uh, Florida, tried it, he's terrible. He like a I don't think it's going to look good, y'all. This is like what somebody was telling us yesterday between why they prefer living in New York City as opposed to the South. They said the policies in New York City or places, you know, on the East Coast are better. But, you know, are they? And we've lived here long enough to really have a perspective on stuff, I feel like. And I feel like some other people may not have that same perspective, but the same shit that you deal with in a lot of other places as progressive as New York City is with 9 million people, they still deal with some pretty antiquated shit. Right. I agree, though, with that one. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, so that was, you know, what happened during COVID. All right. What else yeah. about your job life during COVID? Well, I left my job. All right. And I left job as a uh, pretty much a, I was a, um, I worked for a company specifically as a uh, property adjuster. But after COVID, I left there. And what I did was I studied to actually get my license in insurance and financial right. services and just to kind of tee up and kick off my career there. Um, I decided that I wanted to really be a boss in uh, all aspects. And yeah, so I got my license. That's amazing, girl. You know, hopefully people come to you because I'm tired of these GoFundMe's and all this shit that people have when people be dying and shit. Yeah. Like, we, need, we, need, we need insurance, all types of life insurance. We need, we need a lot of stuff. We need a, we need 
financial guidance as a collective. Right. Um, you know, because a lot of the times we're looking at one another saying, no, we need to talk to professionals to help us plot out our ideas and help give us our 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 ideas and our strategies, a framework. So um, I got licensed and I'm really, really proud of that. Passed my exam, first go around. Um, and it's something that's really, it's really crucial. It's really timely. So yeah, so shout out to me. Got the, got my license, passed the exam, first go around. And All what right. about you? child so i got a new job too during covid so you mm. know during covid it was all that little racial shit that was going on and you know the cops killing black people it was a lot of stuff going on so i kind of used that to my benefit because i was working underneath a very racist company i'm gonna mm. be real i ain't gonna put them on blast i ain't trying to be sued but who cares i I wish I could sue their ass to this day. Right. I'm like, sure it's I've a been, class action suit going on against them right now. I think now. it is. I honestly think it is. So, like, I wrote the president of the company and told the president about all the racism that I endured at the job and face and how they was trying to promote me. And next thing you know, I got promoted. Mm. I got promoted. I was working that job. I was excelling in that job. And then I hit these holes with, I quit and I got another job making way more money, like doing way better things. And I'm at a company now where they actually appreciate me. So I'm happy about that. Right. For all the talents and uh, diversity that you bring. So that's dope. That's what's up. And you know what, sadly, and we're going to segue into our next topic. But, you know, that's one of the things that they talked about, the fact that, especially in New York, especially just in this time, when it comes to working for companies, these companies don't have no loyalty to us, so we don't have no loyalty to right. them. And the especially fact that the black people and Shit. the fact that we literally have to jump ship from companies that I mean, that that in itself is telling you have to jump ship from companies in order to force pay raises. That's kind of the state that we're living in. The really shit I ever heard when I first started my career, when I first um, moved to New York, I talked to this SVP and she was a black lady and she had no experience in the field at all. Mm. She told me as soon as you face any type of racism or just leave. any type of adversity, leave. She said, I don't even care if you've been at a job for a couple of months or a year. She said that the way that us black people can keep growing within our fields is to quit with a higher title and keep quitting and going for the higher title because that's what you know, our white counterparts do. Free game, free game, free game. And that's how we make more money. And we don't have to endure all that shit. And going on top. And those trends have been reported over the last couple of years. Like that is the only way because, you know, when we, as we hear, especially of this, more of this AI talk and industries being cut out, that's a thing. You know, people are not valuing human capital like that anymore. And they're not willing to pay you that monetarily. So with that being said, yeah, we are ha having to recalibrate. And it's like, 
yeah, you you get a certain skill set within a certain company, you get a certain title and you jump ship because that's the only way to force it. So that's going to that's going to bring us into. Uh, You know, how was like after all of this stuff that, you know, since we've been away during Mm -hmm. COVID, when we when I came back to New York and since COVID, like after COVID, I don't know if it's still COVID, but it's kind of like kind of ending kind of. So how has things changed in New York? So for me, when I came back to New York, it was crazy. It was like a culture shock. Like I was scared to ride the train, child. Mm. Like, well, I was was too, especially. Yeah, I was even as you know why? Because I was still here, but I was not getting on the train. I wasn't having to get on the train. So if I couldn't walk to the place like or I couldn't cab to the place because that's when they took all them ride shares off and they made you know individual uh ride sharing okay again but i was here but i was scared because the environment definitely changed and i didn't feel as safe because crime had spiked it was y'all when i tell y'all it was so many it was nothing but homeless people on the trains so when you'll walk into the train station you'll see tons of home i'm not trying to say that you know homeless people are all criminals right but like it was nothing but homeless people taking over the trains right it was a lot of violence that was actually going on like one of my homeboys here his friend his best friend got killed by a guy on the train like it was just so much shit it was just so much violence it was I had a homegirl too from college that was on the train. Her and her homegirl got attacked by a guy. And luckily it was a, a black guy to save them um from that shit. But it was crazy. I'd be so tired of that New York culture to where we the people mind their business so much to the detriment of others that shit that's crazy. And the fact that, you know, when after COVID. You know, we were getting on the trains and still not feeling safe. I mean, that's just like that that guy about a year ago when you talked about at the top of the episode, the black guy that was on at the Sunset Park line. It was an orange line and he, you know, opened fire and, you know, they were talking about the cameras being old and and not working. They're more of a deterrent. That's the bullshit that I'm talking about. So after COVID. Let me tell y'all something. We talked about defunding the police, doing all sorts of shit. Listen, if y'all not, we pay too much money Mm -hmm. living in the city. Right. Not feel protected. We pay, we pay federal tax. We pay state. We pay city. We pay, hey, motherfuckers, we need some working cameras underground. Like the mayor. don't, Don't tell us. That shit is antiquated. What the fuck are y'all doing? The mayor out here, he up there. Every time I see him, he like Diddy, y'all. He be he all all yeah, the. I don't want to see him on Instagram the Instagram dancing and shit, and all the Instagram videos. Like I'm like, sir, can you save us? Right. This is Gotham City right now. Don't sir. save them. They don't want to be. We do want to be saved, uh, Mayor Eric Adams. Like, what's going on? Everything is not a party, a mashup. He pissed me off. I'm going to be real. This man pissed me off when I was in Texas at the time and I knew how to come back to New York um, during COVID. When this man got on the news and said that 
you know, we need to come back in the office. Sir, who the fuck are you? I'm trying to come back in the office. I like working from home. Baby. We've been working from home this long time and this man up there talking this shit when you need to be saving you know us. why? You pissed me off. It's because these companies, they, they got these vacant buildings and they got these leases and they got to pay this rent and they can't be him and hawing because they workers don't want to come in. That's not like a personal problem. They that still, like my problem. They still stuck into these leases. So, that, don't, that don't have nothing to do with me. That's they I ass. Know, they I need know. to be inventive and shit. And then we all know that black people, I think, it, I don't know if it's a stat, but I feel like it's a stat. The majority of black people, we feel more safe working from home because we don't have to deal with racism in Micro the office. Microaggressions. We don't have to deal with none of that shit because they be True. trying us and shit. They be, I don't have no time. They do. They do. And I'm going to tell you, so it's some other things. Obviously, um, you know, we have dealt with a plethora after COVID. I'm going to say for me, you know, I feel like more than ever, and I don't know if that's because we have an impending recession that we're in or we're going through, but it's even more expensive to live here than ever. And during COVID, uh, New York had the biggest exodus of people right. uh, to leave in a long time. Okay. New York experienced the biggest exodus of any city in the country during the first year of the COVID-19 pandemic with 160,000 households leaving between March 2020 and the beginning of 2021. Okay. So, and even with that, um, housing costs have still continued to skyrocket. Um, the cost of goods, the cost of, and my thing is, is the pace, is the, no, my bad, is the pay on pace with everything that's happening, you know, because they love to say, move to New York. Right. You know, you, you're going to make more money. No. And I tell people this all the time. I'm like, you don't make, you don't, you don't have more money in living, living in New York. You got all these, you got all these different ways your money is taxed, number one. And I looked up because like right before everybody start moving back to New York, I got me an apartment. I got my own one bedroom apartment I for just the low. got a new apartment. It was God, y'all. Like, and now I feel like if I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have came to New York when I came back to New York, I wouldn't have been able to afford it. I would have stayed my ass right home in Houston because I don't have no damn time. I'm not about to pay Shit crazy. Shit is dumb. Like, I feel like shit, like you just said, shit has increased. Shit has definitely increased. It's definitely in bed style. I'm going to tell you, New York City is notoriously expensive, and that absolutely includes housing costs. I'm reading a little quote from bankrate.com, okay? By, by and large, NYC is a city of renters. As of May 2022, the median asking rent for a one-bedroom apartment Ranges from thirty nine fifty in Manhattan to fifteen hundred dollars on Staten Island, and that's according to real estate site Street Easy. Wait, it's only fifteen hundred dollars in, in Staten Island. Do you know where? Have you ever been to Staten? I Island? I ain't never been in that shit. But you know how to get to Staten Island? Okay, a ferry. I think you 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 smart girl. You gotta take yeah, the ferry. I ain't never been no damn <laughs> but I heard that's where they keep all the trash and shit. That's why probably why it's so damn cheap. But I know Brooklyn. I feel like best side of average for a one bedroom is definitely probably like 24, 2500. Yeah, it definitely. And it's crazy because 
again, I originally moved to New York City like in 2009 when, you know, rooms were still going for $800. So, you know, that just lets you know, like it, it, it's only got progressively more expensive over time. And again, the problem with New York City is if your salary is not outpacing what's going on in the environment, how are you able to live and make ends meet? Okay. Child, and I'm going to tell y'all another uh, point of contention for my ass after COVID. Again, I'm a taxpaying citizen. All right. We pay federal, state, city, some other bullshit. All right. Why well, I still got rats on my block the way I do? Oh, girl, I can't go by your house, child. I don't have no time. Girl, I, I, I have seen various parts of the city. It's like my block is the worst. And, like, they got some nerve because I'm just like, listen, if you couldn't get it together in COVID when niggas was not on the street, when can you get it together then? Okay? Ain't no rats on my block, girl. I live in the hood. And, and 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 that galls me more than anything. <laughs> I, I feel safe over here. I feel safe for the rats. They don't oh shoot my God, over here. Dog, safe. I be hopscotching. I be I be damn near uh, breaking my ankles to get up my stoop because rats, low key, like yo, it's so problematic. Like I can't even. I never had it bad nowhere else but i'm just gonna say hey new york y'all got some shit going on and i don't want people to fix their mouth to ask for more police funding dollars uh uh to add to to beautify new york and put bike lanes up hey let's let's be reasonable you say you had all these damn rats. I should have checked your bags before you came up in my house, girl, because I don't have no time. I didn't I it. didn't say bed bugs, ho. I said rats. Because you know these days, <laughs> I, I just don't have no time, child. But, I but, ain't trying to have no rats I, in this yeah, building. Baby, I got a I got a killer on my team. I got a cat. I don't I don't have rats. I don't mm. have mice. I don't have bugs. I don't have none of that. Cause I, I keep my shooters with me. My shooters. Coco is a shooter. So yeah. And I, I like, I don't know about you, but we talked about it on the train. But in addition to, okay, I got rats. Where's our tax money going to? I know it's going towards creating bike lanes on the Brooklyn, uh, the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. I don't know why. I can't stand on fucking bikers. They be almost hitting my ass. They take their cars. Because the last thing we need is more fucking bike riders on the street. All right. Yeah, they they're, they're a menace to society. They're <laughs> criminals. I can't stand them. They Me really either. think they cars. Cars can't stand them, and people walk pedestrians. We can't stand their asses. Yesterday, one almost hit my ass on a bike. Remember? Somebody ran into me before, and I'm like, "Girl, what the fuck? Are, like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you gonna get hands and paws put on you? You gonna get thrown off this bike? This gonna be my bike? Child. I let her make it. She was Indian. Bitch, look alive. Look alive. Okay. But yeah, and I'm gonna say, um, crime. And I know we just kind of talked about it with subway type of life, but um, you know, just in. I want to say in 2022, 
the like the death rate had doubled from what it was from 2019, like with shootings and things like that. And definitely during COVID, I'm not even talking about no stats. I'm just talking about me and how I felt walking through my neighborhood or if I if I was going to a friend's house to escape my solitude and going to go fellowship with somebody, how I didn't feel comfortable anymore walking home at night. Because, yeah, like, I feel like COVID definitely ratcheted up the crime factor, whether it was in the subways with, with homeless people and the incidents taking place, whatever. Yeah. Right. Shootouts, all that type of stuff. Yeah, that shit was crazy, child. And um, also, when I came back to New York, um, it's a lot of different experiential events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and I don't know. Well, I do know. We know. Everything is about having Instagrammable moments right now. Uh, I feel like that has been different, whether it's a it's a fun with friends, whether it's a uh, the layout type of vibe or like everything has been more like experiential now, which is right. dope. And black people, we love a flower wall. Everywhere we go, that's all I see is damn flowers everywhere. We love flowers, child. I, that's what I saw at the layout. They they created some type of background. It was like, okay, you niggas creative, but mm. but why? But you know, I listen. I, I'm not gonna discredit them. I only love for them. Uh, again, uh, New York still got beautiful people. You know, even even with COVID, all that, New Yorkers are resilient. The city is uh, being revived. And yeah. Yeah. So um, lastly, let's talk about, you know, our future in NYC mm -hmm. since, you know, we stopped recording yeah. during COVID. So, you know, we came back to, well, I came back to New York and now we're recording. Like, how do we feel about NYC? You know what? It's crazy. Um, August marks 14 years that I've lived in New York City. That shit is crazy to me. I have uh, spent the majority of my young adulthood in the city. And I definitely feel like I have witnessed so much that now it's just time to change it up. It's just at this point, it's time for me to level up. I'm just at a different point of maturity now that I'm really, you know, New York is such a place where it is hustle, bustle, and it really is. But now I'm trying to get to a place of thriving, really applying everything that I've gained through here. You know, I took a lot of hits, but, um, you know, you can't help but to get great from a place like this. So for sure. So 14 years here, you know, um, for you. Um, I feel like I've been here since 2012, but then I mm. took two years off. So for me, things are a little bit different. You know, I started my own business during COVID um, and I'm trying to sell bras in the future. And I feel like New York is that place to, you know, mm -hmm. start fashion. So I'm looking at that, but even though, even though that I see that it kind of New York ties in with a lot of my wants, but it kind of, kind of can feel a little lonely since a lot mm. of my friends have moved out of New York and it's just like, I don't have that friend circle that I used to have. Like, I don't know if you feel that same way. I do. You know what? I, 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 when you live in New York for such a long time and, um, just, I've connected along the way with a lot of transients and transplants 
And, um, you know, when you move somewhere else and especially in adulthood and you're single, you don't have a family network, the people that you surround yourself, the people that continue to feed you, that you become inspired about is so very important. Um, and you need that you, you, you need that to thrive. And sometimes when we're adults, you know, trying to figure it out in these new places, it's hard. Um, so I definitely miss my friendships with people that are no longer here. I have friends move back to California, South Carolina, just various places they, they were from. And even during this time, uh, and it, you know, in addition to that, I started my company, as I said, I got licensed to sell insurance and financial services and educate my community at large on how to make sound financial decisions for their present and for their future. Um, you know, there, there's still times that I don't feel as all the way connected, but I'm building my business and I'm sewing into my community. And so, you know, it's rough but it's rewarding. And I just know that it could only get greater as time, you know, continues to unfold. Yeah. And it also, you know, I also feel like, you know, I used to have this perception of New York when I first moved to New York, I used to always think that, Oh, I was going to meet me a New York Nas mm. and marry me like a New York Nas. Girl. He was like my biggest fan. But now coming back to New York and seeing how things has changed, like the whole dating scene is so whack to me. Like I've been to events where it's like a staring contest. These, mm -hmm. these beautiful females are out here and these dudes are out here and they ain't even trying to talk to the fucking females. They just staring at them and shit. They don't, don't got no money. And I don't, but I don't know if they just want the females to approach them or what. And that's what I heard. I heard like dudes don't want to approach females. Like it's so fucking lame. Cause when I first moved to New York, I used to walk down the street and dudes used to, yeah, they cat called, they did. But you dudes also used to approach you like when you're walking down the street. Now they don't do that shit. I don't know if it's because of social media or what. But COVID fucked up the All game. that online dating and shit. I don't like that shit. I like, I like when dudes went, like, I'm going to be real with y'all. Y'all went crackheads or when hood niggas approach me, I'd be so grateful. Even though I don't want their asses. When they be like, hey, you so beautiful, y'all. I'd be like, you know what? I appreciate you, sir. You know what I mean? I don't want to talk to y'all. I tell them myself that. I don't tell them that. I'd be like, I appreciate Like this homeless man, no lie. This homeless man used to approach me all the damn time. And, you know, none of these other men approaching me and he was like, you're so beautiful. Let me get a, can I get a dollar? And I'll be like, you know what, sir, here, here a dollar. Thank mm. you for complimenting me. I feel, I feel good about myself, sir. Speaking of that shit, you know, why, why you gotta, why you gotta pay for people's company? I don't know. Um, but just like to your point, you talking about, you know, New York men and staring contests when you're out and about at parties it's crazy because they'll rationalize it um but i'm starting to think that i i essentially made up my mind that new york men are just not romantically my cup of tea i oh lord i thought that i was gonna come here and meet me a you know a nas or a fab hopefully not a fab ever because nigga i'm from texas and nigga we got guns and shit but uh, I digress. She's a street girl. I say all that to say that um, New York men, they just lack a little certain finesse. You know what I'm saying? They like, do finesse some business out here, though. They do. They, they type finesse these girls. They do. Yeah, they do. Finesse them 
out of their re they resources and shit. I mean, listen, I'm I don't want to. I'm not putting nobody on blast, but you know, because I understand. But put the nigga on blast. Child. I literally, I think I've made up my mind that New York men are romantically not my cup of tea, and four out of ten, I, I don't recommend. Well, what was your last experience then? You say they, all this shit. They what, just, what? They just leave. So, so listen, they just leave something to be desired. That's all I'm going to say. You ain't going to tell and us your last I'm, I'm, Okay, I'm going to tell you. So listen, it's crazy because recently I literally had a conversation with someone and I don't feel like they got it, but I really was trying to tell them that Southern people are a lot more player than how y'all are on the East Coast. Why? Because they lack something. You know what it is? They got a get over type of mentality to where, mm -hmm. and, and this person that I'm referring to, they're not the first person that said it, um, but that's how they think and that's how they move. But New Yorkers, especially men, they're definitely of a mindset of where it's like, I'm going to get what I can and I'm going to get something out of you before you get something out of me. Like that's very much what type of time they on. What are they trying to get out of you? Whatever. Whether it's some, some money, whether it's some sex, whether My it's some something. Uh, they just, they, 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 they think it's a, a something to, to pride themselves on. Um, and I say that because I was talking to a guy and he was saying how, you know, he has a friend that does too much. He has a friend that always ends up disappointed because he he does all this to like, uh, you know, I guess, you know, puff himself up in a woman's eyes. And it's just like it's a quintessential example of how, like, if you're not doing enough, I'm a, I'm going to roast you. Well, if you're doing too much, I'm a roast you. It's not even a roast you. It's just because if one thing works for you over here, you're like, oh, I don't have to do nothing. I get bitches. And then the other dude is like, well, I, this is like a part of my process. This is what I like to do. Like, you know, he's getting belittled for it. And and the reality yeah, of lame. it is... His, your friend lame as fuck. But right, but the reality of it is the woman that's going to appreciate his friend is someone that can, can take all that in and is like, oh, he's attractive. Like, you know, he likes to have a fun time. He doesn't mind, like, going out. And again, I've I've noticed in more New York men than not... Um. Those are big things. And one of the same people in the same discussion, we were talking about how men don't buy women drinks at places. Like, you know, uh, again, it's all that mindset and that mentality of what can I get out of you, you know. You know, that's some crazy shit because, like, in the South, like, you know, I'm just going to be real, during COVID, my homegirl has homeboys that I don't know. I'm not like friends with them. And one time, one of her homeboys saw me at like a spot, and I wasn't even with my homegirl. That's his friend. 
he bought a bottle and dropped the shit off at the table like hey you know here's a bottle you enjoy and just walked off like he didn't mm, want nothing from player him. just it's just gentleman behavior and and, and i'm this not is, saying i want bottles i'm just saying that it's just an example of gentlemen like right. what you just said how new york dudes they they so they feel like you oh they need to get something out of you it's just it's, different right it's not necessarily that you even feel old something but you know, when a man comes there with those types of qualities to where it's just like, hey, here, here you go. Enjoy yourself. Like, I appreciate that. Like, I feel like New Yorkers really don't have finesse like that. And so, uh, again, four out of ten, <laughs> I really don't know if I recommend them to other people. And not. And I'm not saying that I haven't met good dudes here that are not in it they they don't fall in that scope because i have met good guys here all right i got a homeboy in the bronx super respectful super sweet he's from new york he's from the bronx oh uh, wow creative like we we've hung out we've done different things we went to a soccer game we went to go we went to the uh it wasn't the moma it was the one that was in the in queens we saw a whole exhibit like he just like he's thoughtful like so again i'm not why you don't want his ass then because he's a friend but but right but at the same time some men could be listening to me and be like oh da, 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 da. like no he's super cool and it's not like like now that we have some rapport built now that i've seen him i see how he responds in environments i see how he goes out of it out of his way I probably should be dating him. <laughs> yeah, girl. I don't, I have not a single good experience like that. I don't even have homeboys that be uh, liking my ass like that. Mm. My homeboys, they good guys, but they be having like five baby mamas. They be having crazy drama and shit. I don't you see. You blessed, girl. You blessed. No, my friend that I'm talking about, they don't have children. But again, I, I, I meet a myriad of different people. We live in New York City, so I'm sure it's the same thing. Your homeboy gonna cuss you out calling these calling these niggas four out of ten. He like he probably listen to this shit. He gonna be like, I'm a whole ten. What the fuck you talking and, about? And that's the problem. Therein lies the problems. These niggas think that they tens. And let me tell you something. It's nothing wrong with having standards. It's nothing wrong with self worth and knowing your value and all these things. But don't get beside yourself, nigga. You not the prize, my nigga. Period. And okay, <laughs> with that girl. being said. All right. You on your Nicki Minaj shit? Okay, girl. I'm on my, my Andrea okay. G shit. <laughs> I literally don't say you Nicki. On that Plan B Meg shit. That Plan B Meg shit, girl. I'm, you... Again, I'm, I'm on me and I'm on my grown woman shit. And I'm in a space now that I've just, I've gotten to where I'm moving with more intentionality. I'm looking, I'm reconciling, I'm taking observations and I'm seeing, you know what I'm saying? To, to apply and change. Um, well, well, what I'm really just read. I'm, I'm at a space in my life. I'm ready to level up whether when it's talking about men, dating finances, just goals that I have. Uh, just I'm ready to level up and step into my next chapter. 
you know what? It's so crazy. It's I want to level up with and when it comes to dating too. Mm. It's just so difficult here. Like you was just talking about your experiences. You you consider these niggas four out of tens. I I may have to agree, but I agree because I don't have I haven't had one single amazing experience dating in New York. I'm it's so sad. I've been here for well since who like I just said in this podcast 2012. I haven't had one New York nigga buy me flowers. I that goes a long other way. Cities, other cities buy me flowers, like really do shit for me. They don't do just the real, like just the uh, like. Yeah, I want flowers. Like, like yeah, that I have don't... not had that experience, and it's sad. I don't even know if it's because I'm a black woman. You know, black women have it bad. But you know, I'm a real good girl. I feel like I'm a good girl. I'm a real caring person, considerate person. I just haven't had those amazing experiences. Like recently, you know, moving back to New York. I, like I said before, I don't get approached like that. And I was, I went to a bar. I was approached by this guy. I'm I'm entertaining this dude. We literally talking for two weeks. And I'm wondering, this nigga live right down the damn street from me. Why you ain't X my ass out? Why are you calling me and texting me and not talking about shit? And I, I'm the type of female because I'm very, you know, I'm feminine. I'm very into my Southern roots. I'm waiting for the nigga to ask me out. I'm not about to ask this nigga out. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm entertaining him, talking to him on the phone. He not asking me out. So, I go to this bar one particular weekend. And I'm like, I hit the dude up. I'm like, oh, I'm at the bar where we met. Yada, yada, yada. That was like his invitation because he lived right down the damn street to come meet me. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, yeah, I just got back from the gym. Yada, yada, yada. And then he he wasn't like, he didn't seem like he was trying to meet me. I'm like, okay, whatever. I get home. And the, I'm talking to the dude again once I get home. And I'm telling him I'm watching sports. I'm a sports girl. I love sports. So he's like, oh, yeah, I'm about to go out with my friends. Nigga, you li- like for two weeks, you and you they on my phone. They, they love to go out with their friends and shit. And That's lo- weird as fuck. Why you bothering me, nigga? Like, stop texting me then. New York niggas love to put their friends over any, like, over, like, anything. Like, a romantic interest is like, bruh. I'm not even done. Go sleep with your, go sleep with your homeboys then. All right. I'm not, I'm not even done, y'all. So, you know, I'm going to tell y'all the shit. So, I get off the phone with this nigga. This nigga has the audacity to text me and be like, oh, so was you trying to have me to come over? Nigga, nah, nigga, I wasn't. <laughs> Like, nigga, I don't know if you're a serial killer. I don't know if you're a, 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 a child molester in my phasia voice. I don't know who the fuck you are. You ain't about to come to my house. Like, the disrespect. I, y'all, when I tell y'all, I gave him the worst Houston, Texas cuss out in the history mm-hmm. of mankind. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, damn, like, this shit. I don't know if love is out here in New York, but I'm, I'm not going to give up hope. You know, God, whatever God has in store. I'm not going to give up hope. And I'm glad that you said that. We're not giving up hope because, you know, we 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 grits, we Southern bells. And I know we came out here with probably certain mindsets or ideologies on it that we would. But mm, I don't know. I I haven't found it. I'm not going to say that I haven't met some good quality men out here because I have like I've developed friendships with them as far as romantic partners I haven't seen it but it doesn't mean that we don't have to be open for it we don't still have to be receptive for it we're waiting to see it 
All righty. So what's that going to bring us to? So that's going to bring us to our grits pick of the week. And, you know, I know it's been a while since we heard from this this fellow. We were we were praying for him. Um, you know, people thought that they were that he was playing in our face. I don't think that. But uh, I want to I want to shout out and big up our country cousin uh, from Terrell, Texas. That's like East Texas, I believe. But Jamie Foxx. What's up, Jamie? We miss you. We're happy for you. We're so happy, yo. Like, I was praying for him. I like, I I really, because shit was unpredictable. No. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a Grammy Award winning singer like Jamie, but I'm so happy that uh, he's back, and uh, I, I know there's some theories out there about him being cloned and shit, but our country cousin, I, I'm just happy to see him back. They cloned Tyrone, uh, came out on Netflix over the weekend on the 20th. It looked like it, looks like it was released. So, uh, actually the 21st, my bad. Uh, so, yeah, just happy to see him back. Yeah. I'm just happy for him too, y'all. I was praying for this man in church. I almost went to the pulpit, y'all, covering myself in oil and shit. Cause I was like, Lord, not Jamie Lord. Not right. Jamie Lord. Talented. I'm just happy for him. I'm Triple happy threat. That he's okay. Yeah, me too. So big up to Jamie and uh moving right along from that. I wanna drop our gem before we uh dip out. So something that I got from sermon i think it's a little bit of sermon i think it's a little bit of real life amen don't judge me but just know i went to church okay i, I listen to amen. tv She's jakes a Christian woman child yeah i'm a god-fearing woman so um i think something that is very important uh and uh something that we should receive in our spirit whether we're in a new place, whether we're at home, in our old stomping grounds, I feel like it is so important. And I've talked about this on other episodes. The company that you keep and the people that you surround yourself with, so important. And even more so, you know, important when you go to new places as adults. Uh, when I moved up here, my experience was a little bit different from Tasha's, and Tasha can talk to her own experience. But I didn't come up here with a lot of family, I, you know, a lot of network. But what I can tell you that uh, is instrumental to anybody's growth, the people that you surround yourself, iron sharpens iron. That's country as hell. Iron sharpens iron. It is. I mean, it, it is kind of country, but it, it's a true uh, sentiment. It's like you want to be around people that inspire you for the better, you want to be a, around people that uh, stoke a certain fire in you and make you rise to the occasion. And too many times, the people in the company that we keep, they can stilt us. They can make us stagnant. They can make us not reach for that next level. And so, um, again, whether you're somewhere else and you're plotting it out and you're figuring it out, you know, it's, it's good to be intentional um, about the voices that you want to interject. Right. And, and, and you know what you got going on. So just be mindful of that and, and be protective of that. 
Right. She talking about Job Morant and his friends ain't shit. That's what she basically summed up, y'all. Yeah, John Moran and a, a whole lot of people like them. So just make sure that we're surrounding ourselves with people that enrich us, that uh, create that need in us to grow, to be better, to be our best selves. Because wherever you are, if you're home or somewhere else, it's important. So all on that right. note, peace. Make sure you go check us out on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, YouTube, uh, gritsinandcitypodcast.com. You can visit us and check out our episodes and our website content there. All right, y'all stay tuned. Woo!